0: Welcome to the La 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 and Let Me Explain podcast. And today I'm joined by Eve from the campaign group We Can't Consent to This. I need to give you a little warning before we start. This podcast is going to involve no holds barred discussion about rape, murder. We are going to talk in depth about some cases and things that have happened during those cases to women. Uh, We're going to talk about choking strangulation horrible horrible things that have happened to women Um, but we don't want you to necessarily shy away from it obviously if it's something massively triggering for you that's totally understandable but we think that this is a really important conversation to have and that having it without Muffling it and 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 being explicit about the realities of this, we think it's important, and we want it to be hard hitting, and we want you to come away from this podcast feeling like you want to do something about this, and that you want to get behind this
1: campaign too. So, um, Eve, t- how did we can't consent to this start? Sure. So our founder Fiona actually set the campaign up a couple of years ago after reading about the death of Natalie Connolly. Now, you may have seen recently in the news about Grace Mullane, who's a you know, lovely young woman who was killed in New Zealand. But and a lot of people I think initially thought that was a bit of an isolated incident, but it's it's actually not. And so Natalie Connolly was uh she was twenty-six, she was a mum, her daughter's now an orphan, obviously, and she was killed by her multi-millionaire property developer boyfriend, John Broadhurst, and he claimed he claimed successfully that she was uh, she was killed during a so-called BDSM sex game gone wrong, and I can't claim to be a sort of regular. Uh, I'm not. I'm not exactly a fully paid-up member of the BDSM scene. It's kind of. Uh, it's not something I'm all familiar with. But these injuries to me don't sound like something that would happen during a BDSM sex game. Yeah. You know, she had 40 injuries, and that includes internal trauma she had
0: vaginal arterial bleeding
1: yeah she had a fractured eye socket i mean how would you be having a sex game that would you know bring about a fractured eye socket it's just insane you know repeated blunt force trauma bleach on her face Mm. Um, and he initially was tried for murder and he claimed that he claimed that she fell. He claimed that she fell It was a sex game gone wrong. And when he phoned the police, he actually said She's dead as a donut, which to me just doesn't sound like you know Does that sound like a sort of respectful Mm. and loving relationship? Mm. It's not and anyway, so consider all of this consider the sheer scale of those injuries Consider the fact that her daughter is going to grow up without a mother Mm. And this guy got three years and six months
0: this man got 3 years and 8 months actually for manslaughter. Oh my
1: goodness.
0: Um it's, sorry, I'm just reading oh, no, what you said don't me, worry actually. <laughs> uh, and it's um she had 40 separate injuries including serious internal trauma, a fractured eye socket and facial wounds. He claimed her injuries which included dreadful blunt force injuries to her head, buttocks and breast and he also sprayed her face with bleach. And he he claimed that he was spraying her face with bleach consensually during the sex act and a jury sat there and heard all of this including the fact that the next morning after this all happened he stepped across her lifeless body had breakfast washed the car and then called the emergency services and as you say use the language she was as dead as a donut and a jury sat there and heard all of this And decided that it was manslaughter, not murder. And he got three years, which means he's free to come out now. And manslaughter suggests, so murder would be that you have intended to kill that person. But manslaughter suggests you killed them accidentally.
1: It's diminished responsibility. And it's, what's the really, really troubling thing is that we, in 45% of the cases where men have used this defence, that it was rough sex, gone wrong, Mm. It's successful. They get a reduced sentence. It's it's really troubling. I mean, so,
0: let's go back to why we spoke about Natalie Connolly. Um, you, you, Fiona found out about, heard about this case. was so upset about this case that she was like, right, we need to look into this the fact that this rough sex defense so that's what he used in court he went into court and he said rough sex gone wrong and that is the rough sex defense which is what we can't consent to are trying to lobby parliament to make it illegal for that to be used uh, or, or not lawful to to make that yeah. be used as a defense but why you've seriously harmed or killed somebody during sex
1: yeah definitely and we can we can talk a bit more about the sort of parliamentary side of it in a bit but it's uh, yeah i think Fiona set up the campaign in part because she, she saw what happened to Natalie and then she started looking into it a bit more and she realised this isn't a one-off incident. Like this is this is a trend. This is this is happening. And one of the biggest issues is that and this is something that we are campaigning on, is that the government don't currently keep records on this. They don't keep records on specifically women being killed during so-called sex games gone wrong or, you know, instances of this so-called rough sex defense. And so she basically, and frankly, I can't think of a more, uh, you know, emotionally gruelling and difficult thing to do with your spare time, but she started collating those cases. She started looking into the women who had been killed this way or seriously injured this way. And actually, and it's really hard to find data on this again. Like you would think, um, given how routinely the government report on crime statistics and things like that, that this would all be kept somewhere centralised, but it's not. So she's combing through newspaper reports, historic ones, new ones, looking at local reporting, and a pattern starts to emerge. And really troublingly, so if you go back to 1996, an average of two women a year were being killed or seriously injured in this way. And then if you go to 2016, it's 20 people a year, which is a tenfold increase. Mm. Like That's just insane. And we've actually got, we found 67 recent cases of people in the UK who were killed during so-called sex games gone wrong. And seven of them are men. I mean, sixty of them are women. Were they? Were seven of those men killed by women? No. Killed by it's, other men. Yeah. This defence has never been used by a woman. It's always men using this defence. Mm. Which is.
0: That says a lot, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. I think one of the
0: disturbing things as well is, is how it's reported. So I, I was really upset by the Grace Mullane um, trial. So Grace, mm. most people would have heard of her. She was a young woman,
1: 22. Yeah. She was killed just before her 22nd birthday. She'd just graduated. She was, a you know, a, an aspiring artist, a promising young woman. You know, her family obviously adored her. And she was she was backpacking around New Zealand. She was meant to be having, you know, the trip of her life before mm. starting her job and you know starting her sort of post uni life and she was she was killed on the eve of her 22nd birthday by a guy she met on Tinder and again i think i think this is something quite important to flag like this is not happening because women are meeting men on Tinder this is not happening because women are having hookups or casual sex or dating casually it's happening because people, you know, men are choosing to attack women and overstep their sexual boundaries.
0: Yeah, and Um, I think that's really important because when all of that was in the media, what upset me so much was this weird comeback of people being like, well, why was she backpacking on her own? Why why was she meeting up with men on Tinder? Like, we should be able to but you can never get through to people when you try to have this argument on the internet when you try because they they are so well we know what men are like so if you want to keep yourself safe then you don't get it don't get it put yourself in those situations and it's like (laughs) i I can't understand how you can put the blame on anybody else but the person who committed the act
1: it's awful as well because a lot of these cases the women have been raped as well but we also know that Women are women who are raped are overwhelmingly raped by people they already know. So what do you do? Do you just do you just not leave your house? Do you mm-hmm. not ever speak to men? Do you not speak to your to your relatives or your close friends? Do you refuse to speak to men at work? Like the, the idea that women should be uh limiting their own behaviors uh it's just insane because you're most likely to be raped in the home yeah well well, you know well that's
0: i mean the most dangerous place in the world for a woman is her own home that's the place that you're statistically most likely to be murdered um and that's what muddies the waters as well i think because a lot of people believe that there is one like good form of rape and murder which is the innocent woman walking through um a park and somebody jumps out of a bush and stabs her uh, or, or rapes her and and that is the kind of innocent um form of rape even though she'd probably be blamed for walking through the park
1: yeah. what was she doing yeah why oh, enjoying what? the yeah, sun yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: it's gross it's woman um and, and, and that's almost the acceptable form and the form of rape or murder that's most likely to get a conviction and have juries just going outright look she didn't know this man she wasn't complicit in this at all. he's jumped out at her while she was dog walking or whatever and then there is the much more prevalent and common form of rape and murder which is by somebody who you have either been in a relationship with or who is known to you in some way Completely. and then that becomes something where juries and you know the wider population start to question shouldn't she have known better didn't she say anything why didn't she say no why you know and and, you know it becomes this thing of we placed ourselves in that situation
1: yeah and it's it's ridiculous because i think there's by that logic there is no such thing as the perfect victim and one of the things that came out of this and we had quite a few chats internally about how to handle this because and you know you you yourself have seen the briefing of all of the women who've been killed and, you know, some of these women are sex workers and a lot of people, a lot of really nasty people would frankly say, well, if that's your job, that's an occupational hazard, which oh. is just so toxic and so Isn't wrong, it? so completely wrong. Well, it's also the way that they report it. So I opened
0: up one of the links. So you sent me a really helpful list of all of, all of the women who have yeah. been harmed and, and killed um, in this way and the rough sex defense has been used. Um, and one of them was... Uh, I'll, I'll read out the headline, okay. um, which is Man Choked Prostitute After Watching Billy Piper in Secret Diary of a Call cool Girl. A man obsessed by kinky sex after he watched Billy Piper TV show Secret Diary of a Call cool Girl has been jailed for throttling a prostitute. Stuart Dixon, 31, paid £10 extra to tie a shoelace around her neck, but he oh went too God. far and she stopped breathing he drove into the country to decide what to do with the body but she came round asked why he did it dixon said secret diary of a cool girl i have the series dixon denied rape and grievous bodily harm with intent he was cleared of both but convicted of an alternative charge of gbh at teesside crown court jailing him for two years for the middlesbrough attack judge peter armstrong told him you are very fortunate she didn't die there is so much to unpack with that first of all man choked prostitute no man choked woman
1: yeah man choked
0: woman um to call her a prostitute instantly gives us all of these ideas that she shouldn't be respected or that she wanted it or that she was open to it or that her life means less than anybody else's completely ridiculous um And then, after watching Billy Piper in Secret Diary of a Call Girl... So it's not his fault. Let's blame Billy Piper for this. Let's put the onus back on another woman because this wouldn't have happened had
1: Billy Piper not been in Secret Diary of a Call Girl. It's just mad. It's like when you read sometimes, even now if you read uh, headlines about domestic abuse and things like that, it's the idea like, oh she nagged me to it you know the yeah. so-called uh, crime of passion yeah crime like... of passion and i think what they used to call the the nagging and shagging defense you mm. know like oh i can't help it i just pushed her down the stairs one day she pushed me she nagged me she cheated on me mm. it's it's it really so disturbing it's isn't really it really troubling and you do just think like there are so many um you know conflicting messages about women coming from you know and media and then to have this like reckless irresponsible reporting is, mm. is just
0: oh. yeah the reporting is really just all like asked why it, I, I just can't believe any of it he he thought he'd killed her and he drove yeah. to, around to dispose of the body and then he's told you're lucky she didn't yeah, die not her she's not lucky she didn't die and then he was jailed for two years of which he'll probably serve one and then he's back out into the community able to have full access to prostitutes sex workers
1: yeah. in in the future and it's I, I just it's it's so upsetting and this is this is another problem is uh, a lot of a lot of these cases um, the conviction rate like a lot of the instances where the women were killed and the men were actually convicted to murder um, there's a handful where it the man would not have been convicted had it not come forward that he had previous uh you know domestic abuse convictions or ex-girlfriends came forward and said you know oh actually he attacked me or the coroner had a look and said oh no you need to have a look at the body again and again because there's not enough centralized data on sort of people's like people's history and background and things like that some of these men uh people aren't aware that they might have a violent background and do you know what this is this is the really uh, of the women of the women killed at least 20 were killed by men who have other convictions for serious violence against women. These include murder, rape, attempted rape, kidnapping and assault. At least three of the men killed again after successfully using rough sex claims. That's 20 of the 60 women and girls who we found to be murdered and this defence used.
0: Are they allowed to... I don't know the laws around this because I'm sure that there's some laws around you're not allowed to disclose previous convictions in court before before the like um, do you i don't think you're jury. allowed to do it but, i'm not but sure, then I, th- I'm not sure. I think that. That. if they're very because then it isn't
1: doesn't it like i think it's like prejudicial get, or something yeah, yeah. Get,
0: like prejudice that you're more likely to find that person guilty because of it yeah, but then yeah. they're more likely to have actually done it if that's, they have a history of it Do you know
1: what that's actually a really really interesting point and something that i think i'm going to take a note and we'll definitely have to look into i mean, yeah i think it, we need to know that Yeah, it does feel like there should be some crimes where you know, previous in that area should yeah. be. Like,
0: yeah, you know, presu- like if you've got somebody up on a child abuse charge, then if they've already abused 20 children in the past, yeah. then it would be really relevant for the jury exactly. to know that at that point. Whereas like, if
1: they've previously, like, I don't know, been stealing Snickers bars yeah. or whatever, it's irrelevant, yeah. it's a non-issue.
0: Exactly that. Yeah. Um, I want to look and talk about some more of these women. Um, it's I can't believe that Fiona from we can't consent to this has had to do this like they've got i've got this whole list of women and girls um and she's separated it into areas where they've where, where they live yeah. um and i would just if we pick out a couple of them is kerry goddard who was 36 in 2001 she was a music teacher and a mum of three. She was killed by her husband, Mark. He told to de- detectives that she fell to her death through the floor of their loft during a sex game oh and that marks found on her neck could have been caused by erotic asphyxiation. The court heard much detail from Mark Goddard on their alleged sex life. Um, luckily, he got life for murder. But I think that that's the other thing about this. that Really, I, th- I think that every woman should be worried about because if, you know... The, the, one of the worst things I found about going back to the grace Mullane trial, which again, I think we need to I think we sort of got yeah, lost on that, and I think we need A-roll. to talk about it a little bit more was was how incredibly awful it was. I mean, he strangled her to death, yeah, and then he sat and watched pornography
1: with her dead body, yeah, just in the room it's oh, the the Grace Mullane thing is such a tragedy, and again, I think. It sounds it sounds horrible to say, but I think part of the reason that it's attracted so much media attention is, you know, we were talking earlier about the idea of victimhood and you know certain women making better victims than others. No one could fail to be moved by the idea of this this beautiful, and much loved young woman having her life like prematurely snuffed out. It's just so so yeah. wrong and so moving. Um, and and I, it seems ins- it seems bizarre that he he gets anonymity meanwhile people dragged up her her former you know sex and dating life yeah. people dragged up the fact that she was you know a member of Fet life a bdsm website and put up pictures of you know selfies that she'd taken just of i mean just a, a bloody selfie of her wearing lipstick for god's sake like just of mm. a young woman wearing a black top and lipstick you know yeah as if to as if to imply that that somehow means that she was like some kind of seasoned uh you know sex person and again i just i I think we're going to touch on this later the bdsm element yeah but the callousness of this man that like you say he he left her body there yeah and he found pornography and he he, like masturbated well she's dead and then he put her in a suitcase yeah and and just drove her. like i mean
0: obviously everybody's entitled to a trial but i really kind of felt like Really, yeah. it's like kind of fucking obvious what you that you've killed her, yeah. and now her family, as you say, have to sit there with her picture everywhere and with people in the comment section on Daily Mail and whatever going well if if she you know if she hadn't gone on a tinder date, <clears throat> this wouldn't have happened um and and <clears throat> to be humili it's humiliating it I humiliating. would be so I can tell you now that if I died during sex. My blogs would be hauled up yeah. and people would be sitting there going, well, Layla's Le- spoken openly about, you know, meeting yeah. men on TV. Layla's spoken openly this about This woman's sex. had sex
1: before. Yeah. She's asking for it. Yeah, it's, it's completely... And I think matched. all of us need to
0: think about that. Every single woman needs to think about which texts, you know, have yeah. we been dirty texting guys before we've met up with them? Even boyfriends and husbands, like, wh- that will be used against yeah. you in court. Well, this text that she sent two days before said, oh, I want you to
1: fuck me hard or whatever. And your parents have to sit there and listen to that. This is This is one of the, I mean, there was a piece in The Sun last week and it was, I believe it was Natalie Connolly's brother spoke about how upsetting he found that specific element the fact that he just said you know my, my sister was such a loving and warm and friendly person and now when people see her online the first thing they see is like a sort of a slightly suggestive selfie of her or they read about how she was you know uh, practiced BDSM or was sexting men and things like that and it's just, it's so cruel. It's mm. so unfair that these women have been horrifically killed and their families can't even grieve properly because the nation is just, you know, rifling through their dirty laundry, just mm. speculating about their sex lives. It's its actually like, it's, qu- it's quite revolting. And it's, well, it's re- what else is revolting is that there because there
0: is this sexual element, there is such a bigger appetite for it. Oh,
1: yeah. There's something really like prurient very and grim. nasty about how... <clears throat> people people take a a slightly morbid interest in this i think and again like we we are not glad glad is the wrong word we we're relieved that people are finally because of fiona's hard work taking notice of this issue and realizing again that this isn't just a string of you know, incidents like, oh, would you look at that? Another woman's been choked to death. You know, mm. it's it's actually part of an emergent trend. And the strangling thing in particular is a really big part of this because two-thirds of the women, again, going back to these 60 women who died and the rough sex defence was used, two-thirds of them were strangled. Like, this is three times the rate of strangulation in killings of women as a whole. Mm. You know, that's way, 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 way disproportionate to, you know, the normal going rate and i do think and i know that we've we've got this sort of lined up to talk about later but we do need to talk about sort of we what do. role is porn playing in this like we do. why are men just but going around stra- but strangulation
0: women? is such a i've I worked with domestic violence for many years and I, i've worked with um mapper and some of the high level yeah. <clears throat> stuff and I've obviously worked with a lot of victims and strangulation is such a risk indicator police social workers who probation officers will always ask the question of was there strangulation involved because that gives us an indication of how likely that person is to be killed at some point if your partner ever tries to strangle you that is a massive risk indicator for homicide that's so scary obviously you know there are caveats but if this is a consensual act that is done within the realms of BDSM but if somebody wants to strangle you I think we need to kind of unpack where that comes from because when men are killed they're mainly killed by stabbing I believe Mm -hmm. when women are killed they're mainly killed by strangulation that's because women are mainly killed by people who are known to them and who are able to get up close Mm -hmm. to them in that way Um, let's look at Honour Matthews who was 20 when she died in 1991 in Hastings and she was killed by her boyfriend Stuart Williamson and he claimed and it was accepted that she died in consensual practice aimed at giving pleasure She'd been strangled. His previous convictions included for violence, assault on the police and two cases later the same year, wounding with intent, common assault, assault occasioning actually actual bodily harm and assault on the police. He appealed his sentence of four years and the judges agreed this unique case should have a shorter sentence. They did think it perfectly clear to anyone indulging in such activity that it was dangerous and should there be a death would be very likely to receive a substantial sentence of imprisonment in the future released after 15 months Stuart Williamson was violently abusive to another partner and one year later stabbed his mother to death at her home, 47 year old Audrey Fisher, he was committed to Broadmoor um, but he only got manslaughter for killing his girlfriend I mean, the the thing is, and some of the stuff that came out of the Grace Mullane trial as well, let, let's focus a bit on strangulation, because if you are choking someone during sex and it's consensual, and that's why BDSM is, it doesn't feature in these, because if you were engaging in BDSM and pleasurable breath play and all of that stuff, you would have most likely had a safe word or or a signal that you can give if things are becoming dangerous or scary, um, but, and and also... I think it was the Grace Millane trial as well. That if somebody is being choked to death, they're likely for their eyes to stop popping out of their head and foaming at the mouth and things like that. Oh, yeah. So you're going to know that they are dying as Completely. a result of what you're doing. This is not them going. Mm, this is great.
1: Completely. And I, I actually spoke to, I spoke to a friend who is in the BDSM community because um, we were actually talking about the porn issue. I was like, oh, you know, we need better regulation. You know, I really. I really think that something needs to be done. And he was saying that in the BDSM community, there is such a huge, and again, within we can't consent to this, we have sort of differing views on this, and it's something that we're working out. But I am aware that within the BDSM community, there is this enormous focus on consent and boundaries and things like that. And again, like you say, it's just, it states the bleeding obvious that if someone, if someone looks like the, you you can't just choke someone to death no, in mere minutes accidentally, in under two minutes yeah, you yeah. know they the don't I, just die yeah. although
0: apparently you can go into cardiac arrest really quickly within seconds of, be, of being um strangled um but again you're going to if somebody's going into cardiac arrest there are going to be visible visible physical signs and then the worrying thing is that these men are continuing because they're getting off on those physical signs i want to just explain what bdsm is it's um uh uh, what's the b stand for Bondage, bondage bondage discipline sado Masochism, I think so. I should have written it down somewhere because I went through this in my um, I think maybe it's sadism and masochism. Sadism they're two ma- distinct words, yeah. So yeah. bondage, discipline, sadism, masochism. Um, and apparently, BDSM has very strict rules, and there are four pillars of BDSM which are trust, communication, honesty, and respect. And if those are not in play then it's not bdsm it's abuse um and yeah so bdsm is like it's about power play it's not about hurting people it's about uh, an exploration of power it's not there to harm and it has to be mutual and i watched somebody describe it as like a roller coaster like humans want to be able to go through that experience where we're like being flung in the air and getting that adrenaline rush um you know on the kind of precipice of death almost because you know that if you were on that roller coaster without a safety harness Mm -hmm. then you're going to be in real deep trouble but the only reason that the roller coaster is fun is because you are having that adrenaline rush and that near death experience Within but knowing that there is a very specific safety yeah. measures in place to enable you to enjoy that whilst not risking your life and and that is the same as bdsm um you know it is uh, there is breath play and there is erotic as- asphyxiation which is a part of bdsm which is a part of a fetish but if you are not it's a niche practice with rules and mechanisms and if the rules and mechanisms are not in place um then it is very
1: risky yeah and this this is what's so worrying because i mean like again i personally i don't take a view on uh you know whether or not people who are you know dead in the scene and understand the safety stuff should or shouldn't be doing it but i do i do worry that the the health ramifications can be huge like we've been in communication with a woman called helen bishard who's a Welsh clinical psychologist and she's been she's planning on doing some research into and I always mispronounce this so forgive me chronic traumatic encephalopathy mm-hmm. which is well done. It's, thank you <laughs> I was practicing I was I impressed I would have said encephalopathy tra- tra- well the first like eight times I said it that's basically. I was but well. like, um So basically, this is an injury, this is something that's typically used to afflict like footballers. So Muhammad Ali actually died from this. And it's basically where repeated head injuries um, and loss of oxygen to the brain can heighten your chances of early onset dementia. And one of the things that's not really remarked upon is that one of the big at-risk groups of this are women who are being abused. And she sent through some really, really troubling research that I think I shared with you beforehand where you have instances of women who've been choked or beaten. And because of the lack of oxygen to the brain, they start behaving really strangely. Like she met with a woman who was attacked and then returned to her attacker's house because the brain area most affected by lack of oxygen is the hippocampus, which Mm. is the memory center and you do you you get people who, who've who suffered from injuries like this you know in a state of real confusion or what's been called post-traumatic amnesia and that can last for hours and it can last for days and there can be long-term health effects mm. and so i mean personally i i like to err on the side of caution i would say that unless your uh, boyfriend or girlfriend is uh you know, medically trained and a bit kinky, just don't go around strangling people. Don't, yeah. Just don't do it. Like, I mean, there's a whole host that, of other things that that you is can do. To really
0: think about, because obviously the, the, the breath play stuff is around, um, you know, lo- 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 losing. it's not consciousness obviously but it's around heightening orgasm the idea that you then
1: have a sort of rush
0: afterwards i guess so you had but but then the long-term implications of that is that actually people who are doing that regularly women who are doing that regularly consensually Mm. um are more likely to end up with dementia or long-term brain injuries and they might not even realize because there might not be any damage like bruising to the neck or whatever they might not realize that at the time that it's happening that they are losing brain cells um at the time um the the guy that we spoke about earlier the one who blamed billy piper for um strangling a woman the strangulation was so severe that some of her brain cells died when the
1: blood flow was interrupted now that's her for the rest of her life um and the the papers have the nerve to just say oh you know this this prostitute mm -hmm. like this this woman's the long-term ramifications of that are huge yeah it's just it's it's a difficult thing because obviously um i don't want to tell other people what they can and can't do sexually, but mm. I do think we should we should not feel afraid to ask questions as to why strangulation is suddenly so um, so apparently popular, particularly among young people like we uh, there was some research from the BBC that showed that a third of women under forty had experienced unwanted spitting slapping and strangulation during consensual sexual encounters and when we had one of our volunteers anna go on go on the tv go on the, i think the victoria derbyshire show to talk about it the immediate response was just so nasty just from trolls online saying oh well you know if you don't want to get strangled by people then uh, don't go home with them and mm. again it's, it's just well number one like people have been having casual sex since since forever basically since yeah. the dawn of time and number two why are men just going around strangling everyone all of a sudden like this is the elephant in the room here where is this appetite for it come from because i i don't i feel like um i don't know i when i when i fancy someone i'm not spontaneously like god yeah i'd love to love to choke him well i read this thing it was a survey about
0: sex and this guy was saying that um he'd been choking his girlfriend for years Mm. and then um he for whatever reason i don't know why but he went home and he he asked her why she liked being strangled right. and he said she said i don't i just thought you liked it and he was like well i don't even like it i'm only doing it because i assumed all women liked it oh my God. so for years they'd been having this neither, <sighs> neither of them were enjoying it <laughs> they so just blue. thought that they were both supposed to he he'd got the idea from porn that women love to be strangled and she was just doing it because he she maybe have got the idea from the same place who knows so
1: sad because this isn't even um this isn't even like a casual encounter this is your partner who you should be able to communicate and talk Mm. frankly about what you want with and this is one of the things that i find really weird because we get accused sometimes as an organization of being sex negative, kink we, shaming, yeah, kink shaming. We actually have this like running document of like all the things we get called, and there's one of them that makes us laugh the most is never been touched by a penis. You know, they're like prudes, frigid, sex negative.
0: Well, this happened the um, other day, didn't it? We we, yeah. we both got trolled. It's um, ridiculous to a certain extent because of so uh, so. It's interesting because there's this two branches of. Pi- idiots basically so uh, there (laughs) were two things that kind of happened on the same day one was that i made this post um
1: sorry i'm wearing quite a short dress can you see my knickers no i was actually i was wearing a mini skirt earlier and then i was like no if i'm gonna sit down i don't (laughs) i just keep moving around because you can probably hear my chair going because i'm fairly certain that i'm exposing myself here as long as
0: you don't mind it's
1: hard though with the coronavirus because we're all used to working from home (laughs) like this is the first time i've been properly dressed in three days fucking
0: corona jesus (laughs)
1: um
0: So yeah, so so I so sort of two things happened at once. I made this post, um, and I actually made the meme for once. Mm. Often I don't, um, and it was choking is not a normal part of sex. And then underneath in my caption, I went on to say doesn't you know me saying that choking is not a normal part of sex doesn't mean you're not normal if you if you don't enjoy if you enjoy choking it just means that we mustn't see it as being this is just what happens because it is a fetish and it has to be done properly for all of these reasons um and and then so i got a a shit ton of shit from people who said that it was kink shaming um and that the wording should have been been different and that instead of saying normal i should have said choking is not a typical part of sex or a usual part of sex but actually it is and that's the fucking problem. Choking yeah, really is a typical part of sex. It's happening in virtually every sex session yeah. um, that 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 happens. And we have to not normalise it. That doesn't mean demonising people who enjoy it. What it means is making sure that women and men are, are, are both
1: not believing that this is just something that you do when you get into the bedroom. Yeah, it's not. And I think I think that distinction that you make about it's not normal, but it is typical, is really, really, really important. And oh, I, I can't believe people being been like, I oh, should change the language around it. Like some people really do need to get hobbies. But um, <laughs> this is the thing, like we we always get accused of being sex negative. And actually with the opposite, we want people to enjoy sex. We want people to have... And not die during yeah, sex. Yeah, exactly. We want people to have, you know, A, not the looming threat of like assault or death over them whenever yeah. you go home with someone... And B, um, you know, people, we want people to actually be able to communicate with each other. Because if women can't communicate and say, I don't like that, I don't enjoy that, I find that scary how are they then actually meant to communicate about things that they, they do like you know I, I'd like more of that or let, you know, I just people are very sensitive not. about it when
0: they feel like it's kink shaming but it's not kink shaming unless your kink is being murdered then we're not kink shaming you yeah. and even if it was we wouldn't shame you we would just say this is kind of mad and we need to unpick this but then the other strand to the trolling that we got was because um, then there was a, so there was an excerpt from an article that oh, Louise yeah. from We Can't Consent to This had made within uh, was it a telegraph article? It was a
1: telegraph article.
0: And she there was a, you know when you're reading an article and then there's like all the little
1: words and then there's
0: a big quote. And, yeah, and the, the big the quote quote was the like, bold quote was we um I think it
1: was you know, we are sick of spitting women are experiencing spitting,
0: choking, slapping and whatever during sex yeah. um and, and we need to know that this is not normal or whatever yeah. i mean somebody had like memed it and kind of written on the top while oh, louise is trying to ruin everyone's oh, fun yeah, some,
1: some really ugly man as uh, well it's like mate
0: no and then underneath <laughs> you it should was, be so lucky well, underneath it was like louise is frigid louise needs to get laid louise needs to get throttled oh um, i mean so much like you so can much tell from she, women as oh, well it was so, so depressing. much from women oh my god
1: it's like babe like pick me pick me it's that's like, exactly what god it knows is. we all love a bit of uh you know male attention but yeah. some some people are honestly like this is the road i will die on like yeah, defending men who want to so, choke them to death and just that's for exactly retention. what it looked like it's there tragic. Were, you know
0: there were so many people who were just like oh give it a rest will ya you know yeah. like some women like this yes yeah, but uh, yeah we're not talking about the, the, the times is... when it's good we're talking about the times when people get murdered but yet yeah, you're so desperate to be validated by men online Completely. that you're going to defend this position when i'd quite clearly made a, a, a statement back saying look louise is coming on my podcast next week to talk about how women are literally murdered as a result of this you see that and then you have a go at me because you want men on twitter to yeah. look at you and go yeah she's a real one she's the kind of girl we'll marry yeah like, oh
1: i want a proper goer but, i want a girl yeah. who's going to defend murderers on twitter Ugh. like i get a fucking it, hobby it's, it's
0: hobby, fucked isn't it? it's, it's so fucked. It's but tragic. it also means that it's very difficult to then feel brave enough to uh, put your head above the parapet and have these conversations because having these conversations come with them A, the men shaming you for being frigid and for ruining men's sex lives by trying to challenge this um, and B, the women who are then behind those men trying to, you know, look good and then see the people who are really sensitive about being kink shamed mm-hmm. and who feel like we shouldn't have a discussion about this at all um because it's not fair to people that enjoy bdsm yeah, this I... is not a conversation about bdsm
1: completely and i i think it's really and i do worry quite a lot about young women who like you say then think oh I, I kind of want to stick my head above the parapet and i want to talk about this and you know it worries me and it concerns me and what does this mean for me and my friends particularly for you know very young women who are maybe about to leave home or go to uni or things like that and just imagine how how anxious they must feel to see all of these all of these sort of conflicting voices saying you know if you talk about this you're incredibly prudish if you talk about this it's because you're shaming people if you talk about this it's because you're frigid and unattractive or no one's ever going to want to shag you and yeah. i mean at my big old age of you know 25 i'm I'm not particularly bothered about whether or not men think I'm fun and sexy. It's... it's well, not when a- I was
0: 25, I did still care about that. Yeah. I, 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 it took me a long time to stop caring about whether men thought I was fun and sexy. And it took me a long time to separate... Um, I, I for, for, for most of my sex life, and until really I started this page, I mm. was having sex that didn't really involve my pleasure i was having sex for men mm. and very early on i you know never got used to having orgasms i had some partners that i had good sex with people yeah. who loved me and treated me well and trusted me but oftentimes i was having sex because i wanted people to like me mm. i wanted these men to fall in love with me and my model for how you know Everything about it was about did I look good enough? Um, I was never able to really enjoy sex enough because I was thinking about so many other things than my own pleasure. Like, yeah. do how do I look in this scenario? Is my belly too big? Do my tits look too saggy? You know, do I look pretty while I'm doing this? Um, putting on a performance so that Mm. I could emulate porn stars that I know that they were watching all the time. And when you're pretending to enjoy something, you can't can't actually actually really enjoy enjoy it it when, you you know, um, yeah. And also then uh, having sex that really benefited them. And that was totally for their pleasure, including a lot of choking and, and, and rough sex and things like that, which I would do with boyfriends, um, simply because they wanted to, I've Mm. never, I don't actually, kind of don't mind a bit of choking but not actual choking i never want to be choked i don't mind having a hand on my throat in a kind of dominant way um i find that quite sexy and
1: this is the thing i think a lot of people i think a lot of people when they hear choking they you know with regards to these let's say these cases of women who've been killed i think they think of choking they do think of that they think of like you know perhaps someone applying a bit of light pressure on their partner's neck very light pressure you know something that's that's suggestive of dominance rather than actual choking but what we're talking about here is like is throttling
0: strangulation actually really choking yeah um and and you know it's now i i if a man who i just got into bed with put his hand around my neck in any way shape or form i think i would say straight away you didn't ask me yeah you know if that if anything like that whatsoever putting a finger in a place that i didn't want it or Mm -hmm. and and another anything else you know i have the confidence and i'm empowered enough to say you need to stop why have you assumed that i just wanted to do this why haven't you asked if i stuck my finger up your bum i think you'd be pretty fucking shocked right now if i started choking you or spitting in your face i think you'd be pretty fucking shocked right now afford me
1: some you know autonomy to be able to say yes or no yeah don't just assume that all women want i mean this this is the thing it's the idea that the the set menu of stuff that is like you say like sexually normal has somehow expanded from well i don't know you know the set menu mm. to stuff that does include these quite niche sex acts like yeah. spitting and choking and hair pulling and things like that and i you do sort of wonder where where are people if that's something that you organically are into and find sexy more power to you but the assumption that everybody does is I think one it of the biggest be, challenges yeah, It so, has to be spoken about
0: beforehand. I think a lot of women are not um shouting out in the middle of sex or saying stop or whatever for mm. you know, because men will then make them feel stupid for not, yeah. you know, that they're, they're scared of the man not wanting them. They're scared of um the, the you know being accused of being a prude or not being able to match up to their last girlfriend yeah. or oh. and we have to get into the mindset of I don't give a fuck. Completely I don't give a fuck if I'm not being completely pleasured and totally enjoying every aspect of this and if you are doing it safely in a bdsm context then there will be communication all the way through that enables you Mm. to go i like this i like this i I don't like this anymore and your partner has to respect
1: that and stop and if you are with someone who's not doing that then you are with an abuser Mm. it's abuse exactly and this is this is actually one of our long-term we had a meeting the other day one of our long-term ambitions as an organization is to talk more about how can you Uh, empower and encourage women to feel confident and able to assert what it is that they do and they don't want Mm. and i know you and i were talking earlier about some of the research into young people and sexting and what are they up to i i feel so crusty and old at 25 i look at zoomers (laughs) on tiktok and i'm like again like shouldn't you all be doing some work or something but i i do think we need to start maybe even in schools and talking about what is proper sex education what does and again it makes it makes adults squeamish to think about teenagers and young people having sexual urges and sexual impulses you know my ex-girlfriend was a teacher and she was just like oh God, they're all so fucking horny all the time. It's so gross. Mm. But we do actually need to talk about how can we it encourage needs to young be people. And it's
0: not just girls, it's boys as well. Because yeah. actually, you know, a lot of these boys if your first sexual experience I, I've, I've done some work around gangs and I did mm. some really really good training with an amazing woman called um Carleen Furman mm. um, who does stuff around women who are um, sexually ins- exploited and things like that as a result right. of gang involvement and um, it's not just the girls so there was lots of evidence of girls being sexually exploited and coerced and stuff into like gang rape and like initiation awful. stuff but also boys so you might have mm. 10 boys in a room um, who are about to rape them this young girl but they might not consider it right because she's consenting but i say mm. that with commas but she's only consenting because of coercion or you know mm. there's a million things to, to, to unpack um but you know if you are a boy in that room a 13 year old boy who's never had sex before you don't necessarily want your first experience to be in front of all of these boys and the trauma that comes from that and what that then goes on and teaches you and uh, so you know you might have boys who are in the classroom who are a bit of a ringleader yeah. who are actually perhaps have had some kind of Trauma, domestic violence in the household, been exposed mm. to seeing women being treated very badly by misogynistic dads or whatever, who might then de- naturally be- become um co- very aggressive sexually and hate women. And as a result, yeah. you know, that's how their sex are going to be. But th- there's going to be other boys in the classroom who aren't into that at all, but who yeah. are then taught that, well, this is just how you fuck women Completely. or and girls. If, and mm. if we let
1: misogynists set the standard on what is or isn't normal sexually, it's then kind of throwing a gauntlet down to other men, young men, and, you know, in this case, even boys, saying, if you can't perform like this, if you can't sexually brutalise women, you're not man enough, yeah. you're weak, yeah. you know? And I, I, again, if you go on, if you go on, I think we were discussing earlier, if Unless you go do on this, porn... I want to
0: go on to um, a porn site, and I want to see what we see, because yeah. the same access that I've got to this to just go on it from my Google Chrome browser, um, the, the same at it... Um, uh, access yeah. is had by teenagers Completely. just it- while I'm, I'm finding this there was an nspcc um research which showed that 40 percent of teenage girls are experiencing some sort of coercion into sex <sighs> and experience some sort of violent sex as their first experience of sex and they are not that you know how at 13 14 15 do you have the the language or the power or the ability to say to this boy don't choke me, especially yeah. if you think everybody else is doing it. And if you don't yeah. do it, you'll be, you exactly. know, blacklisted. The idea blacklisted. That you're somehow weird
1: or sexually inadequate. I mean, if grown women can't talk about this, how do we expect teenage girls yeah. and teenage boys to We
0: have to be to in schools the giving them those voices to be able to tell them that anything that you do not like in the bedroom, and this is to grown women as well, anything that doesn't feel good it's really interesting actually because I think part of the reason why women sort of just accept that sex might be painful and might not feel good but that we just have to do it is you know I was thinking about the fact that throughout our whole lives like today, I'm wearing a pair of heels. Actually, they hurt a little bit, mm. but I wear them because actually, if I was wearing flats in this, I'm like five foot two and a half, five nice. foot three, I would look like a you know dumpy little donut. I so, do. you
1: look like a dumpy donut. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I but, appreciate you all can't see Layla, which definitely doesn't look like a dumpy
0: donut. <laughs> thanks What's that saying. Um, but I would, I have purposely caused myself pain over the years by wearing really uncomfortable high heels or corsets or really tight bras. Oh my or god, like do ri- I
1: enjoy getting a funny wax? No it's way. Like ripping your <laughs> fucking pubic yeah, hair out. Mad.
0: We do this because we have been just taught that pain comes with being a woman, the pain of having to make yourself look good enough for men. Mm-hmm. Um whereas they just walk around in fucking like flats and jumpers. I was out the other day and I saw yeah. these women all these younger women walking around in shoreditch in the freezing cold weather in like nothing oh my goodness and all the men were wearing fucking jumpers and jackets not none of the men were parading around in batty riders and (laughs) crop tops you know so so there is just almost this underlying sense that it's like well this is what comes with it you know we tolerate it we just have to suffer this and and then if we suffer it well enough the men will like us and that will then get us the position of wife or girlfriend or whatever
1: and no no payoff is is worth uh, spending your whole life in constant low-level suffering or putting up with sex that is not only bad but like potentially traumatic yeah exactly just, or
0: potentially really harmful yeah really, exactly like, like
1: physically, physically and emotionally harmful and you know young people deserve better than this have you have so i've porn, up
0: uges uh, which is a free porn I've site i've never
1: even heard of that
0: the problem That's is that even when you want to go and just have like a, a I was going to say consensual (laughs) masturbation I have to to ask myself like are you okay with doing this now yeah it's a good time for you you
1: don't have the time Later,
0: (laughs) you okay with this yeah I I mean actually if I was opening this up to to masturbate now I wouldn't be able to because literally on the explore page which means that these are the things that are being viewed the Mm. most and that are being searched the most the selection we have is jealous son forces slut mum oh my god you're joking i don't want to click on any of these because if i ever end up in court or something for, do you know what i mean I they'll would, go I would she's been looking at <laughs> i would okay, detest that open, it was <sighs> what does he force her to do oh part one oh jealous god. son forces slut mum um the next one is submissive daughter next one young boy fucked his stepmom sorry what the fuck <laughs> Secret love for my friend's mum. It's just all. Is this family? Ins- this, no, is no, no, this no. no I haven't incest. gone into incest. This is just. This is literally. What looking w- yeah, daddy-daughter oh relationship. Three naughty schoolgirls. Um, very cute Euro teen fucked my sleeping se- step sister. Jesus so, which Christ, which is rape. Um, I mean, we could we we could go on. And th- th- This is what upsets me so much because everyone's like not all men men aren't trash i'm sorry i'm not talking about every man but men are fucking trash the fact that this is why are we not exploring why these things powered by men are just a whole load of rape and fucking incest on a normal accessible
1: mainstream porn site and this is why sometimes some of the kink shaming stuff does i think get a little bit you do kind of want to roll your eyes and people are like, don't kink shame me. And it's like, well, no, if you're sexualizing incest,
0: yeah. you should feel ashamed of yourself. Something has to happen like, there. You have yeah. to have some kind of therapy. But so I'm going to put in rough sex. And just when I've put in rough, it says rough sex, rough anal, rough gangbang, oh rough fuck, rough teen, rough threesome, rough lesbian, rough deep throat, rough face fuck, um, rough doggy, rough doggy style, rough BBC, which I think is big black cock, not um, British Broadcasting. Uh, organization so if we have a look at the rough sex search i mean right the first thing i'm seeing all i'm seeing is major so i'm seeing a woman being throttled oh but my- and her face looks really oh contorted God. and uncut- i'm seeing the same thing in the next one so the first three that i'm seeing the one is titled rough sex is good sex which if you're a 13 year old boy this does go into your head well, yeah, of course
1: it does because your brain is like plastic at that point like you're so malleable you're so easily influenced and do people do young people do all people not deserve to have and i'm sorry i know i sound like a bit of a hippy dippy but like an authentic sexuality like mm. actual sexual interests that they've developed by themselves or with a partner and sort of spontaneously you know rather than just going online and thinking yeah this is what i have to like yeah i have, I have to love choking yeah i have to love sexually brutalizing women. i think that's
0: actually what's happened now. is that genuinely that's what people think and i i think um i think it is a really important conversation to have this kind of like why why do men i actually have to get this porn off my phone it's like flashing in the background next to me and i can't but i i just think you know if you are a a teenager and that is what you are seeing i mean i'm really worried what happens when our sons access this free porn and they suddenly think was it normal for me to go and rape my
1: mum while she's sleeping like what what, how how is this okay Um, no one wants to talk about porn because it makes people feel a bit uncomfortable basically you know uh policy makers teachers parents particularly i think for the for people who don't watch porn i don't think they realize how extreme it is i think the thing about
0: porn is that porn actually in itself is not problematic porn is just simply being able to look at other people having sex um and and actually Um, that's a
1: can be a really healthy thing people have always done it as well like if you go to any major heritage site and you go to any greek temple if you go into the like the bathhouses, it's just pictures of cocks everywhere mm. it's literally i've never been on a holiday to greece and not come back with at least eight postcards of mosaics of people having three-way sex yeah. you know people have always been interested in it like yeah. in and of itself it's not Porn An can issue. be
0: really healthy I mean uh, and and uh, and it can be a really good addition to sex and it can also help people to explore what turns them on and things mm. like that and I think that you know there was obviously issues around porn addiction and, mm. and whatever else so porn inherently is not a bad thing and, and nobody should feel ashamed for watching porn I think the problem is that porn mainstream porn as we have seen really does depict a lot of violence against yeah. women and girls um, and it depicts it as um, you know just being the the normal uh, the, this is how you're supposed to fuck women um, and,
1: and, it, and it shows women enjoying that um or not enjoying it which is or, somehow yes worse. exactly the whole thing where the the whole usp basically is the bitch hates it yeah like do we do we want young do we want young men to be growing up thinking that that's normal do we want people of any age like we actually have quite a lot and this is I think one of the most upsetting bits of the we can't consent to this work and all of us who are involved are volunteers is you get a lot of people a lot of people writing in saying i've had this really sexually traumatic experience and i don't know how to deal with it a lot of them are young women but a lot of them as well are women in their like 40s 50s 60s who've just got divorced or they've come out of a long-term relationship and so they start dating And men their own age are suddenly into this. Mm. And they're just like, sorry, last time I was on the sexual market was 20 years ago and no one was uh, trying to choke me then. What the fuck's happened in the intervening years? Yeah, I think there is two strands to it. One is porn
0: um, and and the impact that that's having on Men and mm. how violent uh, there's this desensitization thing, isn't there? You know, if you can see missionary 10 times and then you see one with doggy style, and that then is what yeah. gets you off, and then you see one with a bit of choking, and then we're getting to the point where men are really needing to see what's women the logical being, end point, d- yeah. And it has to, you know, they have to keep needing more and more Completely. and more, and suddenly this is not good enough, and um, they need the fix in, in a different way and a more sort of shocking way, more extreme content. So, I think porn has a lot to answer for us but and, and and the way that women are depicted within porn um you know, that sex does not is not shown as really being as sex is not. I think I read something, there's a kind of study which showed that in in like a 90% of porn, you see the man come, um, or you see penis in vagina or penis in right. anus or mouth or whatever, you barely see any clitoris play, right. which is how most women are likely to reach yeah. orgasm. Um, and you rarely see a genuine female orgasm as, mm. as opposed to male ejaculation. Um, but if this, so, I think this two strands i think there is pornography has has made this kind of acceptable and normal and so men think that women like it or they don't care whether women like it and women think that they have to do it in order to please men so that's what's Mm -hmm. happening but i also think that we have to talk about 50 shades of Mm gray um which um has without a doubt changed the landscape um terribly badly remember <sighs> <My God. laughs>
1: so i've never actually read the book but i remember i was in sixth form when it came out and it was oh, it was a thing people oh God, were always, people went wild people for were reading out like the most cringy and the sort of uh the racist bits um, mm. and yeah you are right i remember like the writing being. Absolutely dreadful. The writing's a, a, absolutely appalling. <laughs> she, but she sends the whole thing like shaking like a leaf. It uh, it, it unlocked
0: something in people, and mm. I I understand that because for the first time it was a bit. Well, it was like, kind of
1: refreshing to see women being like, I'm really horny. Yeah
0: yeah and i think that that was a brilliant part of it actually there's so much abuse within 50 shades Mm. i mean christian gray was like really obsessed with consent to the point that Mm. he wanted to everything had to be you know he he listed out all of these things that he wanted to do and all these boundaries and whatever she never actually signed the consent but there were so many examples within 50 shades of gray um like he he undressed her undresses her when she's unconscious he takes her car and sells
1: it without what uh, yeah against her. <laughs> that, that's abuse if, if you were um you know if one of my friends came to me and said oh, my boyfriend sold my car so yeah. i can't get out the house i'd be like
0: please get out i of the think house. he bought her another one but he like didn't uh, you know there's just so many examples of, of of i mean it was a very controlling um relationship and lots of examples yeah. of coercion but it kind of unlocked something in women which was like oh this seems like actually this is a turn." On, you know, but also because this guy was, you know, um, because he's like he's meant to be
1: really hot and really loaded, yeah, exactly. Memory serves,
0: I feel like, um, yeah, well, he was 27 27 year old billionaire, um, with this, like all this kink, you know, Mm. stuff that he kind of got her into. And then, but then what started happening was that the 50 it was called the rough sex defense, was called the 50 shades defense, it was at one point, um, and i mean that was the reason that's not a good thing is because calling it the 50 shades defense makes it sound like it's women's fault a bit like when you've said it's the billy
1: piper defense you know yeah it's this it's this idea that women are driving this somehow Mm. and it's it's weird because i remember working in i had a (laughs) i had all my friends in front of me i had this christmas temp job in Anne summers Mm. um a couple of years after 50 shades came out and we always had all of these really corny 50 shades style they I think they were I don't know how they got away with this with copyright or it may have been a tie-in from the book but the 50 shades bondage kit and you know like a Mm. bad polyester eye mask (laughs) and some hand ties and it was it was all very very tame actually Mm. and from what I remember of the film most of most of his appeal seems to be in the fact that he's really good looking he's really loaded and they go for a lot of nice dinners yeah the sex was almost incidental and from what I remember, it wasn't really that extreme
0: I think there was quite there there was Mm. some stuff I must have have been in the loo when that was happening yeah like he had like a red room I can't really remember me and my friends I mean I was well into it at the time not Mm. so much the book but it came it kept coming out on Valentine's Day and me and my single Mm. friends would go and see it like yeah we're gonna go and see Fifty Shades um and you know I remember thinking like this is something some of these things are probably things that I'd like to do or whatever but Mm. you know there has to be context to it it can't yeah. just be some man going oh all the girls like 50 shades now so i'm just gonna ram a fucking <laughs> yeah. object up her bum like you know Completely. it just it's, it's, and, and that's where we're at i think now that yeah. it's it's problematic definitely and and yeah. men's attitude i want to talk about men's attitudes I, I, i'm gonna get up an example on my phone so some the solo 45 trial
1: oh my god we haven't he got even found covered
0: that yet guilty yesterday so for those of you who don't know who solely Soli solo 45 is he is a member of bbk which is boy better know a grime group um with skeptar jme who are obviously not involved in this in any way um but he has been found guilty of 21 counts of um rape uh, five counts of false imprisonment two counts of assault by penetration and two of assault action in bodily harm which is abh he systematically terrorized and sexually abused his victims tied them up beat them and imprisoned
1: them didn't film the whole thing as well yeah
0: he waterboarded some of of his victims hit or threatened them with weapons including a handgun One of the victims said he put me on the bed and put a flannel over my face and poured a bottle of water over it, which made me feel like I was drowning. He stabbed one woman in the thigh, leaving her needing hospital treatment, and he held the blade to her throat. And on another occasion, he he routinely hit her face and beat her around the body. Um, She had swelling for about six months after. Um and she said when he wasn't getting any more fun out of hitting me because I wasn't fighting it anymore he then started to threaten my family he drove one woman to an isolated spot and told her to remove her jewellery any jewellery that could identify her claiming there were people hidden in the woods ready to shoot her he derived sexual pleasure from inflicting pain and suffering on his victims he sent a text message to one saying he wanted to see the fear in her face he looked up the word for his fascination which is dacrophilia which is the term for sexual arousal from another one's another person's fear. In the witness box he freely said he liked to chap slap choke bite and grab women by the hair and he admitted that he would sometimes throw women around and tie them up with a rope or handcuff them and verbally abuse them during sex he said that the women would be left sometimes with bruises raised skin sore throats or carpet burns but of course he um used the rough sex this was you know they wanted this he told the jury he liked to interrogate women about their previous partners and from his late teens had habitually filmed sexual encounters and watched the videos back um he said that they'd all consented and he said that i don't think the women i was involved with would look at me and think he's going to make slow sensual candlelit love to me they knew the sex i was into i would tell them it would sometimes involve terrorizing we would do a lot of things where i would push the boundaries um so what i think is very interesting is that um uk gossip tv site um posted about this and i mean everybody hasn't been know knowing quite a lot of details about this trial for for quite some time really i mean he had several different trials the trials kept falling apart um and i mean the bravery of these women apparently the stuff that the jury had to watch was so extremely graphic that every single one of them has been discharged from jury jury duty for the rest of their lives because of what they had to go through um so when i saw the post on uk gossip tv i couldn't help myself i had to look through the comments and Mm-hmm. reassuringly most people were just like this guy is fucking fucked I'm so glad he's going to prison it's just sadism. well of course there was a man who didn't agree there's a man whose words exactly were to be honest as a man I was rooting for him which why is why I wanted to discuss this because again let's go back to this whole thing of why um, I, I want to talk a bit more when I've come off of this about why are, why do men want to hurt women Where yeah. where is this coming from what's but, going on so to be honest as a man I was rooting for him he says don't misunderstand my point but why were you so immediately you hear this man has been accused of 21 counts of rape and your first thought is hope he didn't do it but i hope my bro didn't do it you know oh, come on let's all stick together in solidarity why why yeah. is that you're not i mean I I, I I hope that your first thought is "God, i hope this didn't happen but it should never be i'm rooting for him to get away with this well
1: it's like are you like oh no someone's gonna falsely accuse me of rape yeah exactly but, you know, it's that. Ridiculous.
0: he says however the more details that came out the less i could make excuses for him why would you want to make excuses yeah. what are your excuses when you hear a man has brutally raped a number of women and not just rape them terrorize yeah. them when
1: do you read waterboarding and you're like okay i think that something people do in guantanamo bay yeah. should also be done in the bedroom is how do you justify shouldn't that be to done yourself in fucking
0: guantanamo yeah, yeah agreed you know I mean? <laughs> shut the place um, down yeah
1: um
0: there is no way to see this but for what it actually is a guy who went over the top with his weirdness and people who felt violated boy better know who you are out here being weird with before you end up in a sticky situation like this donut I mean to call him a donut is very mild um and yeah. to say you know a guy, he just went a bit over the top and the people felt a bit violated no so obviously i then comment and i'm like m- my mind is blown by this because you know i'm not t- and i actually said to him i'm not attacking you but the fact that a you were rooting for him trying to make excuses for him the yeah. fact that statistically this is far more likely that it was true rather than false but still you are immediately there to this jump the on the women <laughs> very rare that women lie um or and and when they do very very rare that men are convicted or even charged um so then so so i say all that to him like i said this is such deep-rooted misogyny that you are um that, that this is you know you're looking at this is him going over the top and people feeling but you know i i broke down everything he'd said and then his response was the women consented to to his madman sex which is what the defense yeah. that he used there you knew i wasn't going to make love to you by candlelight um and he took it over the top and they got violated and they pressed charges what's so bizarre about that statement it's a fact of what happened in this world people defend people and until all the facts are laid out you say it's deep running misogyny i say it's the way things are and yes that is the way things are because it's because we live in a patriarchal society where men's pleasure is prioritized over women's pain um or or in you know regardless of women's pain what um,
1: point as well do you start thinking this is the hill i want to die on defending yeah, this guy exactly that's just the way things are is that not an issue for you change things you, you have you have that. the power
0: to you men have yeah. the power to change things we don't because when we shout about it you will go you ugly lesbian you've never been fucked before shut your mouth yeah. and we I won't marry you and i
1: don't think men realize actually how much power they have in their own social circles and things like that and i often think that if a few men and like we discussed earlier there is obviously pressure on men to behave in a certain way and live up to certain so-called masculine ideals but all it takes is one guy in his friendship group to be like actually i i think it's really really fucked that you behave like that yeah. i would never i personally don't think that it's right to treat women like this i actually have a really clear do you remember ages ago when uh aziz and mm. was um there was that article written on babe.net yeah. where the woman was like i felt sexually pressured an awful person that I am, I was on the train into work, and I was actually reading this guy I was reading why am I admitting to this in public? I was reading this guy's text over his shoulder, and I could see he was in the boys group chat and he was he was like a younger looking guy in his twenties, and he was saying no it's it's clear if the woman says that she doesn't want to do something or she freezes up you don't like if she freezes up you just don't go on with it and one of his friends were responding being like nah nah it sounds a bit it sounds a bit fishy it sounds a bit suspicious like she obviously just wanted to shag him because he's a celebrity and mm. you know she wouldn't have gone to his apartment if she didn't want to shag him and he's saying no you you know when a girl's not into something and then i think they did start talking about sort of hitting and things like that and he was like no if a woman asked me to hit her i wouldn't do it i think mm. it's weird i wouldn't enjoy it and all his mates were like oh, yeah. oh you should have got his number he was really good looking <laughs> at oh God, where I is know, he imagine like what a what a move like oh i saw your hot tank the <laughs> you know.
0: i am really turned on by your levels of consent yeah um so anyway this guy goes on to say you get accused you have the right to defend yourself and the accuser has to prove the accusation which is what has come to pass in this case don't try and paint me as a wild misogynistic male who automatically defends any man against women even though that's what you just fucking did, you dumbo. Oh my god. No, in my opinion, you play with fire, you get burned. Not to say they deserved it, but to say that if you're going to do anything extreme and weird, just know there are consequences to your actions, and this is one of them. You want to play 50 Shades of Grey because you think it's cute, or you want to link some random off the internet. Things like this can happen. Just be safe and stay loyal staying loyal doesn't prevent rape yeah, you know rape ridiculous. within
1: marriage is a thing yeah of course um, well it was it was legal I think in either Britain or Ireland to rape your wife until, until 1991
0: 91 oh my god it's still it's still it's ridiculous it's insane it's, and many people would argue that you can't you know it's not rape if it's your husband because you owe him your body and it's just not true you have the right to say no to anyone at any point and you can even retract consent midway they can have their penis inside your vagina and you have the right to say shit's got weird or i just suddenly don't want to do this anymore you can stop but so many women don't um but i think i I I think so i just wanted to make one point about that that guy which was that um people like him are on juries. You know, people with this mentality of, well, if you did go there, if you did meet someone on Tinder or if you have engaged in a kinky sex game, then pff, here we are. You know, you can only blame yourself. And if you'd have been loyal, this is the problem is that these attitudes are very prevalent within society and you can't break them down without getting attra- attacked on the Internet.
1: Yeah. it's And the troubling thing is, and again, it's like we were talking earlier about most women it's really important that women do confront this because it's so common to casually date now and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no one who, if they were found dead in this way, they they couldn't have some element of their past dredged up and used mm-hmm. against them. You know, no one is ever good or pure enough to not have in some way deserved it or brought something on yeah. themselves or elicited it somehow. And what I'd be interested to know, what do you think that we can do to actually tackle these toxic attitudes and to also empower women to say no i don't like this anymore and to you know constantly be sort of reaffirming their boundaries or if they're they're not enjoying sex anymore to say you know this is this is not something that i want to do because again this is this is one of the big things that keeps coming up is people clearly really struggle with communicating Mm. and i do understand that sometimes and i think particularly in a lot of the cases you read out earlier of women who were killed or assaulted sometimes women i think are just too afraid like maybe women are frightened that the guy's gonna turn violent. But let's say, you know, you're in bed with the guy that you're dating and you're not really into it. Like what can what can women do? How can we encourage women to speak more freely and to assert themselves? I mean I think it's I think following pages like mine, I
0: think Mm -hmm. being able to get that confidence to know that you don't owe anybody anything Mm -hmm. um and that what you can offer somebody physically and sexually is not everything that you can offer. And if you don't you know I, I think we have to get really comfortable with being single actually is is one of the first things because i think a lot of this stuff happens in the pursuit of wanting to be loved and mm-hmm. wanting to be in a relationship you you're you not going to necessarily do this with someone who you don't give a shit about yeah. if you were having like a one night stand and you thought i never want to see this dude again you're probably going to go oh weird like fuck off yeah, whereas you if you are desperate for this person to accept you and love you and validate you then you might end up compromising yourself in ways that you don't want to but Mm. you don't want to say no because you can't bear the thought of them not calling you again tomorrow um or making fun of you i think uh, like there's a lot of college campus stuff as well that goes on i think they're particularly vulnerable and and a lot of assaults and and stuff are not reported um again i think it's that whole thing of you know your, your reputation sometimes might be tarnished so again mm-hmm. if you're the person who says no but everyone else on the campus is is engaging in choking yeah. or whatever you then can become that frigid girl who that virgin girl or, or whatever so I think it is really about m- helping women to understand their power and getting them to really think about self love and who they are as women. This is the book I'm, I'm, I want to write a book, and my first chapter of, of writing this book, I, I think it's so important to understand where your position as a, how your position as a woman puts you in this sex and dating world. And I and mm. I, it wasn't something that I kind of clocked because i think there's you know you're giving these messages that women are equal women are equal now and 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 me being a woman obviously made me very vulnerable anyway just sort of physically but also made me be in situations um with men like this that i felt that i couldn't say no to and I'd have never been put in them. You know, men are not being put in these situations. Maybe some young yeah. gay boys are being put in these situations, but women. I think we really have to understand who we are and how we're seen in the world. Mm. And I think we actually have to have an uncomfortable conversation about um, why so many men really dislike women. And I'm not a misogynist mm. at all. I love men. I adore. Men. That's been part of the fucking problem over the mm. years. I adore men. Good men. Decent men. I haven't. You know, I want them all to be good. But we. Uh, there is a kind of something that we you know we can't talk about it because men go oh shut up but there's a lot of men that really dislike women and right. and we are dating these men and having sex with these men Yeah. so i think that's the first so one strand is really working with women around self-love um, empowerment enabling them to have a voice um teaching them about what is that they should expect pleasure within sex Mm. and that they should be having or at least you know pleasure and orgasms and and whatever else Um, but then I think the other strand to what you asked was that um, we're not going to be able to do this if we don't have male allies completely agree if we don't have strong men and it can't be like effeminate men or men that are seen as kind of like you, you know yeah a bit gay or whatever it has to be like you know if we had anthony joshua or you know tom hardy can we get them please oh my God. <laughs> um, but if we had men like that who were on our side going now guys this is fucking outrageous um and this has to stop then i think that then there might be a, a, a way of changing the the conversation it's so
1: interesting you say that because i i met recently with um guy I've worked with previously who works at a think tank and I was like how can we start moving the conversation forward about porn and I was like I personally know lots of young men my age um from loads of like different like social and ethnic backgrounds lots of them are giving up porn and they're like i'm not watching porn anymore destroys sexual pleasure i actually can't then enjoy myself with my girlfriend i find it a bit weird you know i'm I'm going off it and like my life is my sex life has improved immeasurably and i was like what can we do to sort of bring those conversations forward and he was like honestly you you need to get a football player who's gonna say that yeah. porn makes you not a real man and i was like James, this messaging is so simplistic, and he was like, "No, really, that's that's what mm. you need." I think, I mean, oh, lovely, Auntie, if Anthony Joshua were to oh, step we forward, her, I mean, I, I, with I his shirt off, him, yeah. with his shirt off, and
0: say, <laughs> "Stop sexually
1: objectifying him." Um, <laughs> Terrible.
0: I, but, I, but, I, mean, I mean, it's, it's true. It, it, it's really sad, actually, that um, men again it goes back to this thing of you know men a lot of men not all men and i'm not going to keep saying not all men just know that when i say yeah. men i'm not talking about every single fucking one yeah, of them it goes um you know they hate women and because they hate women they're not going to listen to us when we say we have rights yeah, completely um we, they, they're only going to listen to um other men um yeah, of course. which is really fucking
1: depressing it's so bleak one of the only one of the really encouraging things about this campaign has actually been how many men have got in touch or have spoken up about this and said you know this is absolutely bang out of order and something needs to be done about it and for every embarrassing basement dwelling Sado, who's like oh no he's just trying to ruin all our fun why are mm. all these bands say so frigid yeah you know we get like five decent men stepping forward and being like this is actually a massive issue yeah. something has to be done about this because yeah. it's not
0: acceptable the sad thing is that you have to put it in context always of like if you had a daughter would you want this to happen to them because they can't oh see God, us yeah. literally you know, they're like i had a
1: daughter and then i realized women are people yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and well done mate <laughs> all of a sudden
0: i need to change things because i need to protect yeah. this one girl whereas before you didn't really really give a shit about all the other millions and billions of women yeah, who exactly. exist in this world Smash. like it's a really really fucked up thing and, and and i think that that's you know that's the other thing that you can risk being accused of kink shaming is when we talk about um why why are so many men getting off on harming and degrading women yeah I that's don't, the big question what is yeah. behind
1: this What's that all about? because i really I feel like when people talk about the BDSM community, they do immediately think of... Um, I think you either think of a sort of old-school dominatrix being like, hi, I'm Mistress Payne, welcome to my dungeon, which mm. is what you might see in films and TV. But people, their minds automatically, I feel, go towards the idea of a dominant man and a submissive women, woman. I think, um, yeah, it goes, why, yeah. Why do you never think about... Um, no one thinks about submissive men. And I. the sense that I get, and this is purely based on instinct and on working with you know I'm sorry there are, there are no men being injured because well, a lot of submissive men is, are into
0: like pegging they, and face and sitting really? and things like that yeah so they actually you know so even that is kind of but being still, done not, to them they're and not and getting they, anal ruptures are they like they're not and going do, to, well, they're not and, dying from anal ruptures and yeah. there is you know and if the, I, I, and again I think it would be the woman who'd be shamed in court you know if you had a man who died because she'd pegged him pegging is when they yeah you a, do someone fight, up, up the put a strap on and you have sex yeah. with a man up the bum um you know, I think if there was a case where a woman did that so violently that the man died, I think again, it wouldn't be the man that was being shamed in court. It would be the woman. People would be so shocked. Oh, she'd get life for murder yeah, without completely. a doubt. There'd people would be... be like,
1: This woman is insane. This is a... because people, I think people find the idea of a sexually submissive man so upsetting and emasculating and weird. Yeah. That they'd just be like, Oh my God, what, what the fuck was going on there? Whereas I think people, it's become almost normalized, this idea that like, you know oh, women are just they're just submissive they're just weaker it's it's the natural of order of things that a man mm. should be you know potentially slapping a woman about a bit and it doesn't shock people in the same way but i i want people to be shocked by violence against women because it's shocking yeah it's shocking and it it's is. wrong yeah and especially if it's not being done for their pleasure i think yeah. you know again we
0: have to go back to bdsm which is you know and i think the thing with bdsm is that i, I, I was speaking to someone who was saying that often um for some people BDSM has come about as a result of them having traumatic sex right. or rape, um, or sexual assault, and then being able to explore that power play um within a safe environment and then being able to regain control of their body. Um, so sometimes, you know, survivors um you can play around with that role of of dominance but in a very safe space. But then other people um who I've spoken to about BDSM are very much like um, um, it's not anything always to do with childhood and trauma like i don't want to do i don't want to do this because i hate my mom i don't want to mm. strangle me I, it's just it's like um you know just a game that i've come to as an adult but i kind of think like mm, i feel like it just comes what? down i don't know I, i'm not into be this same, so i don't know and i shouldn't really be making any comments on it's your podcast you
1: can speculate exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no i i do agree though i find it really baffling when people have this idea again perhaps going back to the porn and the same thing where they're just like oh yeah i just like this stuff sexually it's just come from nowhere mm. it's just you know i woke up one day with like a fully formed sexual scenario whereby i strangled a woman with a shoelace in my head and i just mm. was like mm, that does it for me like spoiler alert that's not how sexuality and yeah. people's sexual interests work you yeah. know like i i i frankly cannot see um you know men playing football in tiny shorts without thinking What an absolute hunk. And you know, I know that I think about
0: smashing their faces. Exactly. And I
1: also, I know that's from when I was a teenager. I'd see people like on the Green play Football I'm very, I don't know why I'm exposing myself in this fashion on the podcast. (laughs) But what I'm saying is like it has its roots in adolescence. And I think most people, their sexual interests do have their roots in, you know, adolescence or even, you know, pre puberty or whatever. I don't want to start banging on about Freud. It's boring, whatever. But, so where, where are people domestic domestic people violence does
0: does have a huge impact i i know that from working with um um you know rape and mm. a lot of teenagers who were who were either raping or being raped there in in every young man who we saw who is was sexually or, or even the dads and the, you know yeah so i had access to everybody's um for files. criminal history and and also yeah their, their family files and there was always domestic violence in the back they'd always not always uh, i'm not going to say 100 of cases but i'd say a very high percentage probably 90 there was a feature mm. they had witnessed domestic violence in some way right. that, you know it doesn't just make it more like so not everybody who witnesses domestic violence is going going to go on and be abusive but mm. many people who or abusive, have witnessed domestic violence. Right. So it's not, there's many people that can, don't always worry about your children. If they have witnessed domestic violence, it doesn't mean they're gonna go on and become yeah. rapists. And, you know, you need to get them support and therapy as early as possible but it is there is a huge link men who have witnessed their mums being battered by their dads or disrespected by their dads will often go on to Jesus. to have fucked up sex with women
1: what do you think apart from you say you know therapy and counselling can break that link what more do you think could be done to stop people from replicating harmful behaviours that they see and do you think there should be like a bigger role for schools in it do you think there should be a bigger role for the NHS what do you think? Do you think it's a cultural thing? Like, how do you how do you stop people from repeating these harmful cycles? It's
0: really difficult, isn't it? I mean, so again, hard. there's no there's there's such a limited amount of resources. So I mm. say that go and get therapy for your children, but you it's know, costly. Not
1: everyone can afford. Well, it. there's firstly, a waiting list. Yeah,
0: I mean, therapy that you pay for is privileged. But mm. it, you know, you have to be privileged to be able to access that. But also. The waiting lists for child and adolescent mental health services cams are huge in this country now the services have been cut massively because of austerity through through the tories i'm not sure what this latest budget looks like but there's no way that even if they were pumping a lot of money into it they would never be able to recover it to the point Mm -hmm. that it needs to be at because it's been so badly destroyed um so you know I, i i really think that um and this this is i i would like to really have a look at all of the cases of these men who we've seen using this rough sex defense i want to, would love to look at all of their childhoods yeah. and to see what type of trauma happened in those childhoods and whether there was love whether any of mm. them really were contained in this spa- and held in a space yeah. of love throughout their childhoods because i think that that is is so crucial to be able to raise people in that way that aren't mm. out in the world like you know feeling like they have to defend themselves and that they're on the attack all the time Completely. and that they're just angry and um, so yeah I mean I think it's it's multi-layered it's like education in schools it's removing the access of this really harmful porn to mm. uh, to young people it's changing the narrative about how women are perceived in society Definitely. like we look at even films like I, I, my friend was telling me the other day she, she watched American Pie and she contacted me and she was like I love that you know when I was a teenager American Pie was just like I never saw as being problematic at all but like many of those kind of films the whole premise is like boys desperately trying to fuck girls at any cost and there's a lot of really coercive behaviour there's a scene in there where he sets up a hidden camera oh my god and he gets this girl over and And that would have been considered just like funny funny hilarious is he gonna be able to shag her in front of this camera and his friends are watching and all of that now we see that through the lens of of oh, fucking hell, like this revenge is a porn violation. Is this is there's no consent going on here. But this is what young people are growing up and watching and seeing mm-hmm. as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think, and, and music. I mean, fucking hell, there is so much problematic music out there, mm-hmm. um, which talks about violence towards women and casts off women as just being people that you fuck yeah. and, and and all of that kind of stuff. You know, there's so many areas
1: in yeah. which influence why this is happening it's so hard because cultural change like how do you even drive cultural change you can't you can't suddenly start like approaching popular artists and being like I'd like all of your music to have a really pro-woman message but this
0: is the problem is that I will find myself singing along to things you know if it's got a good beat I will find myself like yeah you fucking bitch you fucking hoe yeah stab you in the fucking toe out like driving along in my car like if it's got a good beat fine I'm happy with the problematic lyrics (laughs) but you know I I sometimes listen to them wish they were saying I would love you like you know you know rather than you big fucking hoe yeah Um, um,
1: you but, know but how can you how can you push for change it's it's so it's so difficult it's yeah. such a multi-layered thing I was raised on 90s music like Jodeci where people
0: these men were literally crying in music like I love you so much I just cannot <laughs> cope I want to <laughs> lay you by a fire under candlelight you know so but, yeah. but, but, but you know I guess then even that didn't necessarily help me to not be exposed mm. to all these awful awful yeah. things but you know even the whole thing of seduction seduction Mm. is basically coercion to seduce somebody is
1: really to um, that's really interesting in what in what way would you say because i think a lot of people would say that seduction is how would you well, say well because
0: because i think there's two different things you can either like appeal to someone yeah so by
1: being a great person and
0: by being mm. attractive and by flirting and all of that yeah, i'm not necessarily yeah. seducing you but if i'm going out as a young man and being like i am going to seduce i'm going to seduce you that kind of gives you the view that maybe that person doesn't necessarily want you but you're going to yeah. do everything in your power You've to got. manipulate that or coerce mm. that person into wanting you and, and we see it in so
1: many movies and yeah. and um, but it's this idea that you can just persist with women and just keep on going, and eventually she'll kowtow and be like, You were the guy I wanted yeah. all along. And, and there was this, this thing on um, on the. Of,
0: few years ago with these young men on a, a campus and they were um, they got in trouble because they were all shouting no means yes yes means anal yes means yeah, anal. I remember reading about that and this, oh. is, this is where that kind of seduction thing covered. you know no means yes she said no but I'm going to keep seducing her until she yeah, you know just keep on pushing imagine and that no means yes and yes means anal it's
1: so fucking bleak it's mad as because I think I remember and again I was I was at university uh, about three or two years ago when the whole consent thing was really kicking off and when at oxford they started doing consent classes and loads of people were like oh shut up like what do you think i am an idiot do you think i don't know what consent is and it's kind of depressing because consent is setting the bar really really low mm. like consent is i permit you to do that yeah. why are people settling for consent like if i went home with someone like a man or a woman and they're like fine eve i guess i will consent mm. to have sex with you Ugh, if i'm asked. you know like why aren't people holding out for enthusiasm like yeah. what about people who actually are actively excited at the idea of going to bed with you uh, consent is setting the bar so low it, consent it, it is it just so fucking me. basic yeah.
0: like there's this whole thing uh, you know um, that, that I think a lot of women are kind of into is this whole thing of consent is sexy oh my
1: god no it's the bare minimum consent <laughs> is not sexy yeah. consent
0: is literally the bare minimum it yeah. is absolutely essential and to say that it's sexy suggests that it's a bit like a kink yeah, or a fetish it, it's like, an extra like yeah. you can have some consent as a treat exactly it's the reason why men are not asking for consent or gaining consent is not because you know they don't give a fuck whether it's sexy or yeah, not completely. there is violence and yeah. um, power and dominance at play Mm. um so so consent shouldn't be because sexy sounds like it's optional yeah
1: it's ridiculous i completely agree Um, it's ridiculous and i think it trivializes it as well because consent is a legal requirement yeah. if you don't have consent you're breaking the law i can
0: understand why it's come about because i think it's trying to give women that message that like to this is really important positive. yeah and to make it more sex positive so i kind of get it but also it doesn't it, it doesn't work when yeah, you're talking about helpful. something that is so it should just be so inherent and so fucking
1: basic the complete foundation like without consent it doesn't go ahead and the thing is i knew that a lot of people again it kind of goes back to the consent classes like do people do young men and young women actually maybe even need to be re-equipped with some pretty basic to. social skills i remember and told how to read nonverbal cues i posted something not long ago i want to see if
0: i can find the comment on it mm. so i posted something about um consent as i often do yeah um is it this one? Oh yeah, choke her. So so again I, I often post mm. memes and then I'll do the caption. Love and the a meme. meme was choke her and tell her she looks pretty with your dick in her mouth and i obviously said if she wants you to and don't find out whether she wants you to by doing or not explicitly ask her first whether she's into choking and whether she wants you to do it to her same with the dick in the mouth don't just assume she wants it and certainly do not push her head down yeah Um, and then some man in the in the caption was like there's always (laughs) one he uh, let me see if i can find what he said but but it was something along the lines of but this is going to ruin you know that how do you gain consent to do this without like stopping and you know are we not not supposed to be like just having a really great time and then you kind of test the waters and if she likes it then um you know so he was putting this whole thing of like well if we have to ask for consent then it's, it's ruining everything for it's, it, you know yeah. I, I think they have some idea that you have to stop and suddenly go so really robotic, oh, it. be like can i, I see, touch your breast? this is what he said i see this a lot on your page about explicit consent and while i agree with it to a certain extent <laughs> it is starting to feel like you need a written consent form to do anything at all during sex it feels like all the spontaneity and passion is disappearing don't get me wrong and I'm sure I'm not explaining myself well here, and we'll get grief. I'm not talking about bloody tying her up and battering her if she has not expressed an interest in that, but surely if you are having sex with someone you know and you want to try something spontaneous in the heat of the moment, as long as you stop if they tell you to and never do it again, if they ask, you shouldn't have to have a full-blown conversation and choreograph your sexual plans the day before. So, but then that is totally like so as long as you never do it again and say stop, but by that point you could have really hurt or traumatized yeah, somebody. Why I don't someone. understand why it's so complicated to be kissing, fucking, and then go, Would you like it if I touched your neck? Yeah. Would you like it if I did this to you? It'd be really hot for me to do this to you. Would you like that? And then then women need to be empowered to go, No, I wouldn't, but I would like this or completely. I would like that, you know. Um I don't understand why it's so fucking complicated. Oh, oh, we need
1: a written... And I I think that people... Sorry, I say people. I mean men. men. Men are deliberately framing it as if you're rigidly being like, oh, and Graham, before you touch anything, yeah, I want it on the dotted line. You yeah. know, I'm not... You, people aren't going around being like, ask three times before you can touch my left tit. I think they're deliberately making the whole consent thing sound a bit ridiculous. Yeah. And like You have to jump through various hoops. when, Like you say, you can... Articulate what you do or don't want in a way that's like in straightforward a sexy and way sexy. As well. yeah. Like, I know you say, you know, consent is sexy, but you can make
0: cons- asking for consent sexy. It doesn't have to be stop, stop, stop. Okay, just want to ask you a question. Yeah. Can I stick my finger up your bum? <laughs> doesn't have to be like yeah, that. It, it can, can be? be done in a really sexy way. I've always thought about your bum hole yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Can <laughs> think I think of anything, nothing else? You know? um, that there, there are ways of doing yeah. it that don't even have to interrupt the sex and that can actually just make it really a sexy. Conversation
1: and um, it's it's a weird one because I think most most people um, it's it's just about good communication. Yeah, and it's about encouraging communication between people, and I think that to a certain extent, if you can't have good communication and also read verbal and non-verbal social cues, should you be uh, you know out having sex with people, let alone like choking them for mm. heaven's sake? I think also I let's give men and women some credit most people understand verbal and nonverbal cues like for instance I wouldn't go into work and I don't know put my arm around my boss you know I, I really clearly understand the physical boundaries in the workplace and equally like I don't know a couple of months ago I was on a date with this girl and I thought things are going well so I was like oh just I'll just touch her arm she didn't touch my arm back and I was like that's fine like you know I fancy her a She doesn't necessarily fancy me. Yeah. You know, end of story. It's quite easy to pick up on things like that. And sometimes I do think does everyone need to go and learn the basic rules of social interaction? Or are you just pretending that you don't know them and you're overstepping people's boundaries? Like, which is it? Come on, which is it?
0: And like we said uh, earlier, before we started the podcast, you know, there's all these like, oh, it's so ambiguous. It's not ambiguous. When you are are standing next to a gay man, you suddenly understand consent. Oh, completely, completely. You know, or if a woman tries to put a finger up at your bum, you suddenly understand consent. Like but they make sense exactly i think we need it's really i think women just need to feel really empowered to know that normal is defined by you normal Mm. is defined by what is what, what you enjoy in bed and if you don't enjoy it then you have to find a way to say no and if you are sleeping with someone who you cannot say no to then you are in a problematic relationship Definitely. and you need to think about getting out of that and you also need to think about why if you aren't saying no because you want to keep this person what is going on for you that you haven't found yeah. something within yourself that enables you to go i really don't need to be with somebody who i cannot be my entire self with i never need to compromise my own pleasure i never need to have sex that i don't like if i'm in the middle of sex and i don't like it i'm allowed to say no if that person reacts badly i'm allowed to call the police to protect myself even though we know that that's not necessarily great service that you'll get but um you know as we come to the end of this conversation i really just want this to be uh, something that where people just realize there is no such thing as um Normal or not normal sex? If you are having wildly kinky sex, that's normal. You are a normal person. It's normal Mm. for you to enjoy that, but it's not a normal part of
1: sex. And and I sort of clarify that people watching. Incest porn is not normal in my view. No, I mean yeah, that's I really think, seriously think we fucked should, up. We should definitely be able to draw bestiality some bestiality and things like yeah. that. Yeah, some things are unequivocally I think
0: dodgy or wrong. Yeah, well, because they involve removing the consent of somebody. You know, incest is just yeah, it's it's, it's not okay. Um, but again, like if you, you you know you may have incest fantasies in your head that you never want to carry out, and you should definitely explore that with a psychiatrist or a therapist. Um, because you should never be trying to do that with members of your family yeah um
1: before we wrap i would just like to say sort of quickly like firstly i think it's so great that there are podcasts like yours where you're talking about these quite thorny difficult issues in a really like just straightforward and refreshing way And secondly, I've got to say that we've talked quite a lot about cultural change here and about what people can do to try and maybe start conversations and be a bit more frank and candid about what they do and they don't want with their sexual partners. It would be, Fiona will give me a thick ear if I don't say, no, of course she wouldn't, but it would be remiss of me not to mention that we are also pushing for legal change and that the domestic abuse bill is going to be back in the Houses of Parliament soon. And we've worked with Harriet Harman and Mark Garnier, two MPs, to table an amendment to it that's basically going to enshrine a legal precedent in actual statute law, which means that a person legally cannot, it basically just reaffirms the legal principle and puts it on law books that you cannot consent to any non-trifling or trivial injuries. So this would hopefully, we hope, drive up the prosecution rate for when people do claim this so-called rough sex defence. And if you go on WeCan'tConsentToThis.com, you'll find a page where you can write to your MP about this. And really, please do talk to your friends about it and write to your MP and pressure them to support the bill is there a letter on there there is okay so that makes it so
0: easy so all you have to do is figure out who your local mp is and you can just pop your postcode in put your postcode inside actually on the site at
1: we can't consent to i think it's we can't consent to this.com it could be we can't consent to
0: this.com let me just check because i want to get it right you
1: can definitely Um, it's the first thing that comes up on google if you pop in we can't consent to this and if you go on act now you can write to your MP. Honestly, I got all my colleagues to do it. It took them all under like three minutes. Oh,
0: we can't, we can't, we can't consent to this UK. So you can help their campaign massively by getting that letter to your MP. Yeah. Do you take donations?
1: I think it's something we're looking into at the moment, so that we can fund doing more legal work to try and drive the prosecution rate up. But in the future, we are going to be doing more work of the sort of nature that we touched on earlier, talking about better sex ed what women can do to feel, you know, empowered in these situations and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Well, you can follow them at, on Instagram at we can't consent
0: to, okay. which we can't to consent to this taken, is that?
1: I'm not sure. I don't run the Instagram, okay. but I can... I know that our Twitter is we can't consent to, and I think it's probably right. just gets it's too many characters otherwise.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, support these guys because they will... Um, they will help us to stay, stay to stay safer in the bedroom and beyond, really. And so, yeah, so I think it's these two two strands, isn't it? We need to end that defence being used in court, yeah. but we really also need to do something to stop this normalisation of women being treated roughly and violently in bed. Um, you know, and I, 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 we've got
1: such a long way to go. But I think it's really positive that, again, people like you are having these conversations and it's a really it's obviously an awful problem the scale of the violence against women but we do feel positive that people are increasingly talking about this and it's only when people start to talk about things that they can actually push to change things so that's encouraging yeah
0: i want to just talk about some more women before we go because i just want to give them some I i think it's really important to just not talk about these as like cases i think that they are women so there's i haven't read any of these before i read them out but virginia Yerkin from cambridgeshire i hope i've said that right yeah, I think she good. was 49 years old and in 2013 she was a mum she had just met denatos dolbis who'd responded responded to her dating ad they drank together and booked a hotel room he pleaded not guilty to her rape and murder and in sentencing the judge said to him you were a florid liar in your dealings with the police painting a bogus picture of athletic yet entirely consensual prolonged bouts of sexual intercourse he was found guilty of two counts of rape she was semi-conscious or unconscious and therefore incapable of consent but he was found not guilty of murder she died of suffocation in conjunction with severe alcohol intoxication and had suffered shocking wounds to the intimate parts of her body she was found in a pool of blood on the floor of the hotel room. He received two 11-year sentences for the two counts of rape. It's unthinkable. It's so, like... this cheap, she and, and you can just imagine how hard that was for her ch- children. Like, mum's gone out on a Tinder date. You know, yeah. people are just going to read that. And we already know that these men are going to be going, well, why did, she go, why did yeah. she go and have sex with someone in a hotel room? You should be able to.
1: It's just... People can't... Women can't live their lives in fear of this happening. It's so unjust. It's gross. This one really touched me. Hannah Pearson, she was
0: 16 from Nottinghamshire and in 2016 she met her killer james morton who was 24 years old this is another massive red flag that we need to call out why the Huge fuck is gaps. a 24 year old big age gaps are a risk factor people always want to dm me like well i i met my 65 year old boyfriend <laughs> when i was 15 and we we're all right I'm like, well good for you you fucking twat but you know it is a massive in terms of control um, domestic abuse indicated risk for domestic homicide mass age gaps of seven years plus are a Mm. risk indicator doesn't mean that everybody who's in an age gap relationship is at a risk Mm. we just know it's a red flag potentially so she met her killer james morton 24 on the day she died she was heavily intoxicated when she died and morton was sober and was reported as being obsessed with strangulation massive red flag if you meet a man who is obsessed with strangulation you have to understand why where has this come from why can he only get hard or is he obsessed with potentially you know nearly killing women um frequently watching porn featuring strangulation of women Um, although the judge said morton had strangled hannah without warning or permission um, he claimed that he began to lightly strangle her which he said she did not object to before more forcefully strangling her he waited 20 minutes after he saw hannah had stopped breathing to phone 999 and after smashing her phone because it was ringing the jury cleared him of murder and found him guilty of manslaughter he got 12 years of which he will serve six
1: like 16, and you, you look her at her whole it, life. It's just. And she's beautiful. Not you know, it looks. not about. All of these women are beautiful, it, yeah, you know. You, but it is. You look at. I remember looking at the, the Hannah Pearson's case on my way over here and looking at her, and she's just so. So young and so vulnerable. And it's.
0: Horrible. It's
1: just awful. It's so and horrible. No woman deserves this, and no matter what you what you're interested in sexually or your background or who you go out with no one can consent to have their life snuffed out no yeah. one can consent to murder never ever ever, ever at the moment again like to reiterate in 45 percent of instances where a woman is killed and the man uses this rough sex gone wrong defense they get a lighter sentence. This defence works. It's,
0: it's, it's it, Yeah, because juries are then looking at this harlot of a woman who yeah. doesn't deserve justice because she's a slag. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The last one I'm going to read out is um, Anna Banks, who was 23 when she died in 2011 in Lancashire. She was a classroom assistant and she was killed by her boyfriend of four months, Daniel Lancaster. Their relationship was described as obsessive and apparently admitted He apparently admitted murdering her to a cellmate but he denied murder in court and admitted manslaughter after claiming that she enjoyed being throttled during intercourse. There were marks around her throat and dried blood on her face. It is believed that her body had been there for at least 24 hours. He was found not guilty of her murder by a jury but admitted manslaughter as part of a sex game gone wrong. The man got four years how can anyone defend this? I, I can't, I, because a fucking jury and a judge are sitting there going, oh, well, she, she liked being in during sex. It's just a mistake. And this, again, is why we have to look at all the surrounding red flags of mm-hmm. these things because, you know, this isn't necessarily the way that we imagine that a, d- a domestic violence homicide occurs. We, I guess, imagine it happens, you know, after a physical beating or, or, or whatever but you know there were red flags here she was in a four-month relationship with this guy and he was obsessive yeah. we have to look out for these things that these men who we're involved with because they are all indicators that something could go horrifically wrong mm-hmm. and look out for your friends and and alert them to these red flags as well because you know we are all at risk of something like this happening to us if we are sleeping with men basically Mm. there's no i don't think there's any lesbian situations that this has happened in um not that we're all no so that's not to say it can never happen but you know on that note um it's been a heavy one yeah and i hope that people are not gonna come away from this feeling like the world is a terribly scary place because it's not
1: no and there's so much that people can do there's so much that men and women can do like again we would urge anyone listening to get involved with the campaign to write into us to say what you think we should be focusing on to share your experiences and again like I don't want to say that everyone who participates in rough sex or watches you know I'm not saying that they then will turn into a murderer that's, that's ridiculous but there is a continuum and mm. think about are you normalising if you're a man are you normalising sexual violence or things that you know are are dangerous mm. in your own personal sex life yeah. think about how your behavior and how your interactions with others affect them and think about is this something that you really authentically want and I think
0: that's really important yeah I think yeah I want you to come away from this podcast feeling empowered actually and feeling like with a fire in your belly Mm -hmm. I want you to finish this podcast I want you to think I'm going to change things even if I can't do it on a mass scale even if I don't have the platform to do that I can do that by writing to my MP I can do that by looking out for the women around me I can do that by looking out for myself and speaking out if I ever encounter these attitudes outside of the bedroom or inside of the bedroom challenge men if they're having banterous locker room conversations at work or wherever that involve you know joking about uh, you know violence against women call it out if Completely. you see people joking about it on memes you will get attacked like i do all the time you know if somebody put there's so many memes that depict violent sex as being normal and when you say something in the comments like this is not normal and this is not okay and you're endangering women by posting this people go oh shut up you big idiot are you frigid virgin like fuck off you feminist lesbian that's what you will get but keep on doing it do not let them get away with posting these things and thinking that they're funny because that yeah. is how things become part of the culture that is how they are normalized definitely we, we can't consent to this is a really they're really in infancy I guess at the moment we're not talking mm. about a big established charity a big established organization with loads of funding behind them so the more of us that can get behind them the, the bigger that we can make them Completely. and the more likely that we can can start to have cultural and social changes
1: definitely and we're gonna see we we feel very confident that the amendment to the bill will pass and the rough sex defence will no longer be able to apply it in the way it is now. But you can help us with legal change and everyone can help, like you say, with cultural change. Yeah. Everyone can play their part in holding these misogynistic attitudes to account. Yeah. And I think that's men and women. Yeah
0: and we Everyone will can play a part yeah men. we need these male allies we need all the men when when we're saying not all men yeah all, all those not all men need to step up and get behind us and show themselves as being not all men and use their voices um and and if they're not then they can't be included as not all men mm. um so yeah go and relax go and do <gasps> some meditation go and watch something nice go and watch some sex in the city or whatever it is that makes you that's that's my go to when I'm just feeling like Fun. I need some like relief like you know go go and masturbate or uh, meditate um, don't <laughs> do it off Pornhub otherwise you'll just see a load of fucking incest um, oh but God. look after yourself after hearing this podcast mm. make you know if you do feel traumatised by it um, just speak to somebody about it you know get some support for yourself um don't don't sit there carrying the trauma of listening to this but as i say try and make it make you feel powered up and fire in your belly and inspired rather than feeling like this is really fucking dark um because we will make sure that it's not as dark as it has been um by shining a light on all of this
1: Brilliant, great, great words to end on. And thank you so much thank for having you. me on. Oh, thank you it's for been, coming. No, it's been really, really. I think it's been like a really productive conversation. I hope so. And yeah. I hope all your listeners will get involved, and because together, people, when people do things in big enough numbers, you really can get meaningful change. Absolutely. This yeah. doesn't have to keep on happening.
0: Yeah, for real. Real. Bye.
1: <laughs> <laughs>